This week on Invasion of the Podcast, the Skrulls invade Marvel and Fox equally. We talk about when playing games stops being fun. And can Joe catch them all? We bring you this special radio television broadcast in order to give you the very latest information on an amazing phenomenon. The arrival of a spaceship. Just a minute, ladies and gentlemen, I think something is happening. Flying saucers have invaded our planet. People of Earth, attention. It's the invasion of the podcast. The whole world is under attack. Can it survive? And welcome to Invasion of the Podcast, where we're trying to take over the world one listener at a time. I am Paul. It's high noon, Stedman. Even though that's not really correct, we'll get to that more later because I could not ever do that move correctly. And to my left is is Joe. Die, 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 Peters. Yeah, I do use Reaper a lot. Yeah. Uh, so what's been going on? I heard you finished uh, Mass Effect. Oh, we're going to just get right to that, are we? Yeah. Okay. Um. So. Yeah, like I, I talked at the beginning of the year, our, our, we had our nerd year resolutions, and I think I've made some pretty good progress on a fair amount of it, but the the big sticking points for me so far were finishing Mass Effect 3 and Red Dead Redemption. So I can say, honestly, over this holiday weekend, and I hope everybody has a safe holiday weekend, I hope you have all your fingers in place, um, I was able to finish Mass Effect 3 finally. So let me just back this up a second. Let me just say that I had originally played both 1 and 2, had my Shepard, like my character Ripley Shepard because I'm an idiot and I name everything after aliens. My film Shep got her all the way through to three and then I started three and I had lost that file. So then I put off playing Mass Effect for a long time because I was mad because oh. I had lost my Shepard and I wasn't going to start three without. <laughs> I lost my Shepard and I wasn't going to lose. Like Sarah McLaughlin style music should play over top of that. Like, yeah, you know, should. Um, and I wasn't going to start three without that progress from the first two games because I heard that actually put you in a really negative spot. Because there's some decision making that you can't make. I don't know. There, no, because they make you fill in the blanks. Okay, but like, like at the end of two, I lost a couple people. Okay, and I told myself I wasn't going to start it over. I just wanted to go, <laughs> go more organic. Like, good job effing it up, Joe. You just you're going to lose those people in the next game. So like, there were a couple instances in three where they just used generic characters, which I knew should have been. Uh, I was going to ask you about that because yeah. I actually I was able to finish the second one without losing anybody, um, and and it made me wonder because it feel like the Mass Effect three should have been called. Hey, you remember that guy from Mass Effect two? Probably going to be dead at the end of this. That like not so much Mass Effect one characters, but Mass Effect two. If you liked a certain character, probably going to be dead. No, but like I th- I remember I killed Morden Solus and whoever the um uh the Krogan guy was from two. Oh, Grunt. Grunt, yeah. They yeah. both died. Oh. So in the game, it was just like some ger- generic, uh, was it Solarians? Yeah. It was just some generic Solarian that was like, you know, uh, re-engineering the... Genophage. The Genophage. See, I remember all those things because I just finished the game. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, And then the same thing with Grunt. Like, Rex was there, but Grunt wasn't. So it was just like some other unknown, oh. like, uh, That's. I mean, I guess that makes sense from like, you have to have some of the story beats the same. But either way... Glad I finished it. It's one of my favorite universes, like in terms of story and content and just create like just world building. Um, so there's controversy around this game because when the original when when the game came out four years ago, 
the original ending fans were mad at, and they actually petitioned uh, Bioware to change it. Which they did, but they didn't. Well, yeah, that's what I was going to get to. But I've never heard of a time when people were so upset at the ending that the company itself was like, you know, we're going to change the ending. I've never heard that before. And it's, uh, like, this game, this game. When did the first Mass Effect came out? Two thousand two, something like uh, two thousand two. Uh, probably a little later than that. I mean, it's like probably. Mid- I don't know. We'll find out. Yeah, I'm gonna but, look uh, it yeah. up real quick. Good. But uh, it, yeah, so yeah, the, I've never heard of another an, another property, regardless of media, them going back and saying, you know what, we'll change it. Like I've never seen that happen. So when I um, when I played this game, like you looked at, like there's all the download content still available. Uh, the extended cut, quote unquote, was free to download, so I went ahead and downloaded it. I thought it was going to automatically update my save file. It didn't. So when I finished the game, I got the original ending the way it was, and I didn't know that. And I was just like, "Is this really the updated ending?" It felt kind of lackluster. So, Mass Effect came out in two thousand seven. Okay, and then they finished it in two thousand and twelve. So okay. five year five year ride. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, it was just a uh, the ending. I, no matter no matter how you, how it works out, which there's there's basically three major endings to the game. I wouldn't even call them major. Well, like like yeah, that's that's fair. I mean, you could as, hit as spoiler my, alert. As, I really don't think anybody's going <laughs> to dig deep into no, Mass but, Effect. Hey, it took me four years of someone else out there still waiting to play it. I'm not going to go too far into that. As as a friend of the show, Ryan Jones of uh, uh, Pie in the Sky said, which which uh, color coded candy ending did you get? When I said on Facebook that I finished it, so there's red, blue, and green. I didn't even know green was an option. Oh, I got green. Yeah, see, I didn't realize that green was an option because when you got your choices being you go left and right, you could go the middle. Yeah, and I didn't know that. Like, because I can't I, remember why I went to the middle. So for me, it's like you got to think. I played this game for like like two days straight for me, which is like a long time for games anymore. Well, and I was a little loopy at the end, so I probably didn't pay attention to everything. I was like, I'm almost done. I'm almost done. What were the options? Um, I well control. Well, one of them was to control all the the reaver the reapers. reapers. The die, other one was to destroy die. all of them. Yeah. Oh, different Reapers. <laughs> different Reapers. Yeah. Um, and the other one was to just uh, uh, destroy them, but uh, you also kind of screw up technology for everybody. Yeah. And then the, then there was the green option, which is what I call the minty fresh ending that I didn't know was out there. So um, so I chose, well, the Reapers are bad. And I don't anytime, – anytime a great source of power says, hey, you can control us, I always question that. It always feels like that's going to corrupt yeah, somehow. Yeah, I do too. I couldn't picture – Shepard being like in charge of that, yeah, like it didn't seem like his bag. Yeah, um, so I mean, I played Shepard like a super good guy. I don't know how you yeah, played. Oh, total Paragon all yeah. the way, you know. Uh, so I, the game was good. Like some of the some of the moments in three were outstanding. Uh, there's a whole point where you have like you're on a ridge and you gotta like sight down a Reaper, like like this huge Reapers. Are these huge like look at like these big space scarabs. Oh, you mean like whenever yeah. you're on this mount, like the ridge top, and you have to like triangulate a strike on it. And it's something, even though that wasn't hard, it felt epic, and yeah. that was cool. So my progression through the games is I feel like they got better functionally as they went along. Um, and even though people try to say that it was trying to be Halo, and I don't agree with that. No, um, I just and, I, and the RPG stuff, it actually it started fading more to the background as the series went on, I felt like. But that's that's okay, too. Like I got to a certain point where I didn't care about customizing. I'm like, can I just finish this? But the characters are cool. The music's amazing. I'm glad I finished it. And ever, and I guess maybe because I knew a lot of people were disappointed with the ending, it didn't hit me like badly. It was just kind of there. Yeah, and like I didn't know I pl- I played it when it first came out and finished it like right away. Like a, like a respectable games person. Yeah. <laughs> but 
I, yeah, I was super disappointed by the ending. And, yeah. it, and it reminded me a lot of Battlestar Galactica's ending. I was going to say that. They Battlestar it. They Battlestar it. That's what I wanted to tell you all this time because like, I was like, it's Battlestar's <laughs> ending. Like, I would have probably just thrown the game away. <laughs> I know. Like, no. Yeah, just, like, it's Battlestar's ending. And I was yeah, just but like, like... But you have Trisha Helfer so, and you have... Um, What's his face? One-eyed guy. He's voicing in it too. One-eyed guy. You know the the his second in command um, uh, from Battlestar. Guy's eye poked out. Oh, Ty. Ty. General General Ty is the voice in the game too. So it's like you have all these Battlestar people in it, and it's like if you had told me it was like Battlestar the ending, I would have just been like, I guess I'll play it up until the last three hours and just throw the game away. Yeah. Like oh, you know, it's funny is I remember playing it, and there was like because BioWare uses the uh, same voice actors. I remember I was right off of. Uh, playing the knights of the old republic or knights of the, or no the old republic star wars mmo and they had a ton of voiceover people on that yeah so like i'd be playing this the new mass effect and like somebody would pop up and i'd be like hey that's my bounty hunter <laughs> like i know you're not that person you're my bounty hunter yeah. so uh, yeah i, I just, it makes me excited for andromeda and i like the idea that since they're setting it in the andromeda universe that it doesn't have to have any effect there'll be no pun intended well, what happened with the first here's, three? Here's my problem, and, I, and, and I'm, I'm sure they'll explain this in Mass Effect Andromeda, is like they destroyed all the mass relays. Well, yes and no. Yeah. Like, if... if okay, fine, here. Do you know why they are called spoilers? Four years later. So one of the endings, the relays are destroyed. They're, they're all destroyed t- in every ending. Well, but they're being rebuilt. Like, if you're in Minty Fresh, they're all like, oh, they all work together. And then the blue ending, the Reapers are building them under the guise of, like, someone's controlling them and fixing them. It looks, they look like the most helpful, like, deer ticks putting together the mass relays back together again. Um, so, like, we didn't learn about the mass relays either, apparently. What? That's, okay, yeah, thank you. That's going to be my last thing about this, and we'll move on to another important question I have for you is for. Being in these advanced societies and, and with all this advanced technology, like the Asaris are supposed to be the most advanced race in this game, and they know so much shit, no one was able to reverse engineer any of that. Like, they understood how mass effect fields work. They understood how the mass relays work. But so that if someone comes along and borks them up, they're just like, oh, we don't know how to fix it. That's yeah. like that's like me with my car if it falls apart. I don't know how to fix it, but I know there's mechanics around that can. Yeah, like it isn't just like suddenly someone's going to be like, "Oh, we don't know how to make cars no more." I guess we're all just kind of screwed now. And you went through as female shepherd, right? Yes. What was your? Who did you do for your romance? Uh, Liara. Well, Liara. Okay. Yeah, because so I in the first game you have the choice of between a number of people that you could uh, align with. Yeah, and Liara is an Asari. She's a blue skinned alien lady. Uh, I picked her the first time around, uh, and then the, in the second game, oh. she's not available, Yeah, and then I kind of was hitting on somebody else, and then when I started the third game the first time, I found out that came back to bite me in the ass, yeah, so I'm just like, oh, I'm going to stay I'm gonna stay true to Liara the entire time. I did that, too. Like, so, I was like, because like, they did that in the first game, I was, I had my shepherd hook up with Ashley, and then she wasn't, and then she was in, she wasn't in the second game, she was in it, but then, like, when you run across her, she, remember, because, like, she was not, she Cer- was, didn't believe you because you came back to life. Yeah, you came back to life, and, like, Cerberus rebuilt you, so she was being, like, a total bitch to you. And I was just like, oh, fine, I guess we're all broken up. So then, like... <laughs> Later, well, Bay. <laughs> yeah, well, because she's like, she's like, you're a terrorist now, blah blah blah. I'm like, I'm not a terrorist. How, why are you being so negative to me? I thought you'd be happy. And then she's just like, whatever. So then, like, she's back in the third game, and I was just like, I see where this is going. And then, like, when she's in the hospital and she's talking to you, and I'm just like, no, 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 no. you broke up with me. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's funny. Um, 
So, uh, yeah, it's just um, and a great series. If you haven't played it, hope we didn't ruin too much for you, but I recommend it because the jur- this is one of the situations where I feel the journey is worth it. Yeah. And I and I apologize. We are, just like this time last year, we are now in the meltdown zone of uh, Cleveland summer. It is it is hot in here, so if one of us just stops talking, you it's because we're dead. To invest in some type of... Air conditioning? Well, no, you have air conditioning over there. Yeah, I have air conditioning in my bedroom, but you, not in here. Yeah. You get like a fan. I have a hat on to, to soak up all the sweat. That's what I oh, have. I wondered why you had a hat on. Yeah. I'm like, you don't ever wear hats. No, I don't, but... Um, so yeah, worth worth playing. I'm gonna get to Red Dead Redemption next, so we'll see. That might take me another four years to get no, to. No, no, yeah. that that you will be happy with. Do I do I get do I get a little bit more time now to finish it because I finished? No, Mass you gotta hurry. I want you. I want that done by the end of the summer. Because I'll try. I don't know if you realize this. There's a lot going on this summer. So yeah, I know. Um, there is. So my my question for you. Speaking of uh, oh, uh, I just yeah. read that. Speaking of Red Dead Redemption, they're gonna make it Xbox One backwards compatible. That actually happened this week. Yeah. Yeah. So, so and that tempted me to replay it. Yeah. Because that's a great game. But I have a PlayStation Three, so Grand, I gotta fire that up. Grand that way. Theft Equestrian. Yeah. Um, speaking of, of horse meat, so you went to Braza recently downtown in Cleveland. Oh yeah, I did. I want to ask you about your experience there. So Braza okay. so, is a Brazilian steakhouse. Yes. So you told me about Braza, but yeah. um, by the way, there's no news yet. We're getting to the news later. Yeah. As, <laughs> as fancy as I am, we went and saw uh, Phantom of the Opera last Saturday nice. down at Playhouse Square, which was amazing. Um, I saw it in Toronto. That still is hard to stand up to. So when I see other productions, I'm really judgmental of them, just because I saw the original. Tor- I didn't know the side of you that you were just a big Phantom fan. I love. I like. I'm not I, a huge I fan of. Tum? I'm I a know. Phantom. No, yeah. I like some. I like some musicals, but Phantom's always my my first and my favorite one because I saw it when I was like, God, thirteen, I think. I don't know, but anyway. Um, so then afterwards, like we went with my folks, and they were like, "Do you guys want to go to dinner downtown?" I'm like, "Yeah, we'll go somewhere." I'm like, "I always want to check out this place called Braza, which is a all you can eat Brazilian." I wouldn't call it a steakhouse. That's what someone called it to me. I feel like it's a it's, meat house. It's a meat house. It's a it's, protein it's, pit. Yeah. So here's what happens, and, and I think Paul can attest. <laughs> and by all you can eat, that's not exactly what Joe means by this. You're going to get to this. I got now. really afraid. So, <laughs> like, we sat down, and I didn't. I I knew, and I didn't know what to expect. So, like, we're sitting there, and like my girlfriend goes up, and they had like a like it wasn't a salad bar. It was like a an appetizer bar it was like it's only you could actually eat you that could, as you a could meal. just go there and eat that as a meal because and, they, and they a, actually offer that to you yeah it was just a meal they have crab legs they had um uh they had different kinds of pierogies they had salad uh they had like an anti-pasta bar um they had uh and I, I know what you mean by like like anti-pasta this is pasta yeah, well no yeah that doesn't conform to rules it was like it was like balsamic stuff oil or uh, uh olives and and like some fresh mozzarella and stuff like that so like we sat there and we were talking for like a good like twenty minutes and we probably did like two trips up there because I was just I was hungry to begin you, with. You fell for the distraction. I totally <laughs> fell for the distraction. So then I'm like sitting there, I'm like I don't want to fill up on all this stuff and like what they do is they give you a card. There's no menu. They give you a card. I think it's like sixty or sixty five bucks a person. Yeah. Um and. You have yeah, it's basically red and green, which I think is hilarious. So if the card is red size face up, you just you go to the hors d'oeuvre bar and you just kind of load up. Like on the wait staff will will not come to the table; yeah. they're giving you your time and space. So as soon as you flip it over green, it's like an attack. And by an attack, I mean we're sitting at the table, and they were like, "It is a meat tornado." It was a meat tornado. <laughs> There's like four of us, and literally four to six waiters come running up. And they basically line up on both sides of the table, and they're just like, "Do you want this? Do you want this?" And you're and just they have like these skewers of meat, these like, these big skewers of meat, and it's like they had bacon wrap fillet, and then they had like um, 
uh, short ribs, and then they had another kind of ribs, and they had a uh, Indominus Rex, Indominus Rex. Yeah, it was everything chicken, Parmesan <laughs> chicken. It was just like all this stuff, and then there was like um, there were two different, two or three different kinds of shaved meat, and they would just be like start shaving it, and then you'd have to pull it off with a little tongs or fork, and like. Like, they were talking to you at the same time, and I'm just like, oh, my gosh. And then after they left, I had, like, <laughs> seven different kinds of meat on my plate, and I'm just yeah. like, oh, okay. So then I'm eating that, right? Yeah. I'm like, cool, round one. And I look over, and there's, like, some people at another table, and I'm like, I'm like, oh, like, where, what is that? They're getting something else. <laughs> I'm like, man. At first, I thought we got gypped, and then I was like, I finished. We, we all finished the first round of meat, and I'm like, turn that card over, and let me see if they come at us with different stuff. Sure enough, yep. I was like how will it ever end you know and then like it was funny because like at one point i was like eating and they kept coming back over i was like you turn the card over now they will not stop <laughs> yes like, it was it's very much like a twilight zone thing yeah. i'm just like and they're always polite but they're, they're really yeah. they're like pushy polite because it's like the card's green so yeah. they're going to keep giving you meat whether they stand you like there or not. and it's just like it's on there it's, it's like oh do you want another bacon raffle i'm like no 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 okay and then they'd run around and another dude would come by i'm like i just told him no because i can't eat anymore i'm like turn a card over yeah, so I mean that was uh, it's the experience, and whenever uh, Mary and I went last summer, I'd highly recommend it. Though. It's it's worth like it's worth the price, like yeah. it, um, and much like Mass Effect, it's worth the journey. I don't, I don't know what that means. Um, you could have Tarn, uh, not Tarn. You could probably have Tarn. They meat. probably do have Tarn. Uh, Turian, Krogan, Solarian, yeah, all the meats of all Mass Effect. Oh. But we were there with some people that were not as adventurous as us. And that just means they weren't overweight like we were. But uh, it's so uh, you just take the card and it's just like I kept looking at them. I'm just like, guys, you ready? And they're like, no, no, no. I'm like, no, I, I think we're ready. And it was almost like this like like game of like Russian roulette, but with meat. It's just like, all right, who's gonna who's gonna fall off the don't, table first? Don't hit the switch, and then you're just like, <laughs> boom. And you're like, what did you do? Yeah, yeah. So I just wanted to get your take on that. So I want to go again at some point. But that's something that now that you know what it is, you got to mentally prepare yourself for it. You gotta, yeah, yeah. So, uh, Braza downtown, I recommend it. Uh, it's worth the price. So, anyway, so we got Mass Effect, Meat, and now we have news. Good news, everyone. It just took us 20 minutes to get the news, so we won't spend forever uh, on news. Yeah, so <laughs> news, real quick. Uh, We'll start with some DC stuff. Uh, Stardust, WWE's former wrestler, Cody, Cody, Cody Rhodes. Rhodes. Yeah. Cody Rhodes, uh, son of the late Dusty Rhodes. Um, he he had he had a spat about a year ago with Stephen Amel over Twitter, and then they kind of like took it to the ring at SummerSlam. I think was it SummerSlam? Yeah, SummerSlam. SummerSlam. Last year. It was a lot of fun, and which was really cool because like there was no generic. I don't want to say generic like match because like a lot of times they'll do celebrity matches you know they'll they'll bring somebody in and they'll just kind of like like you know take a like a tiny bump and then like hit somebody with something and one of the wrestler talents will actually do most of the work Stephen Amel got in there and actually was like wrestling it yeah, was impressive because no, he, he did a good job because he you know he's he does a lot of his stunt work you know he does a lot of crossfit you know he's and he's salmon a huge ladder wrestling, salmon ladder <laughs> monster salmon ladder climber uh, he did a crossbody off the top rope, which was like like the entire CW probably held its breath. Like everyone at corporate was just like, "Oh my god!" Like, so that's my hey, money in the bank match. Yeah. Salmon ladders. They need to do that next time instead of instead of regular the, ladders. Yeah, then people would never get to that thing. But anyway, but but maybe Stephen Amon will. You he know? probably would. But no. So anyway, uh, and there actually there was a recently it was at a um I think it was at a Denver Comic Con that Stephen Amon was at. Like Stardust showed up. 
<laughs> at his panel and was basically just like running his mouth and like bad talking him and stuff and like I think he threw water at him and was like talking to the fans and it was a really cool interaction like if you I think if you fi- look it up on YouTube you can find it uh, so anyway so there uh, Stardust actually left the WWE um, because from what I understand is they kept trying to pigeonhole Cody into that character and he wanted to do something more he wanted to change branch out you know, there's a lot of other people he wants to work with, and as far as like some of the talent goes, so he's going yeah. off to other things. Um, but one of those things is uh, the CW's picked him up to be a, a character on Arrow, so he's going to have a small reoccurring spot on the next season of Arrow, which I think is really cool. Yeah, I just, I mean, I almost wish it was still as a Stardust character, and the Stardust would roll into Arrow I do too. But I mean, what could he do? I just, well, there was a, there was, a, I don't know if you ever saw it as. Um, one of his Stardust get-ups, because he would always have these crazy get-ups, because they, they ran with it where he was a supervillain for a while. Yeah, and he, he was kind of like this, like this dark David Bowie type figure. Yeah, yeah. yeah. but um, one of the get-ups he had, he had a sinister Mr. Sinister cape, oh, and I thought that was cool nice. as hell. I was like, nobody would really know who that was unless they were a big you know, comic book fan. I'm like, he's... And he had the white face, you know, because he always yeah. wears face paint. He had the white face paint with a red star. That's and awesome. He, he had that. If I could find it, I'll post it, but I was just like, that's so cool. I'm like, Stardust is Mr. Sinister. But, yeah, so I think that's kind of cool. I'm really hoping this whole Flashpoint thing that they're doing is going to revitalize Arrow because I want to get back into Arrow, but at the same time, like, season four, I was just done with it. Neil McDonough was the best part of the season. He was so awesome as Damian Dark, Mm -hmm. and he chewed up so much scenery that every time he was on the screen, I loved it. And it it was an okay season. I thought it was better than three. Uh, um, three kind of dragged at the end with Roger. You know Gold. what I'm getting really no, I like three. I like the Raja Goldling. You know what I'm getting really sick of is the stupid backstories. Like, well, I it's mean, gotta you're, you're, it's gotta end soon because like at this five point, five years on the island, five years on the, the island, fifth season, and we're in the fifth season. So this is gonna be like before he comes home, and like after I, I swear to God, after the first, uh, the first season when they went back when he then he was in China, then he yeah. goes back to the island. And now it's just like I think he w- I think he went back to the island for like three for four and three and four. Yeah, it's and whatever. it was he's, like it's uh, yeah. So this one he's they're actually tying up everything about the Russian mafia because he had all those tattoos and like symbols and everything from that mm. that that talked about in the first season. So they're going to do that whole storyline and then hopefully it would just be a weird. It'd be a weird like moment of if they go back and start retelling like, season one again. That would yeah. just be like, like, but I don't think they're going to do that. So hopefully they get done. There's enough characters now that you don't need flashbacks every episode. No. Like, this isn't lost. We don't need that. I'm excited to see Diggle react to Supergirl, though, because I like when he freaks out about the Flash. So. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that'll be exciting. Um, and then uh, more comic books. A lot of comic book news. Yeah. That's okay. Uh James Gunn has gone on to Twitter saying that the Skrulls of the Marvel Universe, the Skrulls are a co-owned property between Fox and Marvel. So the Skrulls were... um, It's uh, because they were originally in Fantastic Four, which Fox owns the movie rights to. And so the Skrulls as a species kind of already fall under that Fantastic Four umbrella. And the Skrull Kree War was a huge event. Um, back in the day with Marvel and the Kree are in, the in the Marvel universe. They're the blue people yeah. from the Marvel universe. If you watch Guardians of the Galaxy, and the Skrulls are green. Um, they look like little gobliny people. They've got kind of wrinkly chins and they've got pointy ears. But their biggest thing is they can shape shift, so they can kind of change into different people. Uh, and you know, everybody always kind of like talked about when Guardians came out. It was like, are we ever going to get the Skrulls? Because they're a huge part of the cosmic 
you know, storyline. But they were originally always tied to the Fantastic Four because most of the time they would tussle with the Fantastic Four. Um, so he went on to saying that, that, that they're a shared property, which leads a lot of us to believe that they're probably they're going to pop up in Guardians of the Galaxy. Too. Yeah, I mean, it, it may not even be a big story point, but it'd be fun to have it, like someone there, like a double agent type of character. Like, oh, they shapeshifted, they're a scrawl. They're a know? scrawl. Um, because they they basically they they made it clear that um, Fox owns a lot of the named scrolls, right? Uh, which there's one called Super Scroll, which I don't know his real name is, but he's Super Scroll, and he has like all four of the powers of Fantastic Four. He's like so all he, of them so he one, can yeah. kill movie franchises by himself, right? That's that's what we now know. Yeah, if like, they, <laughs> that's his superpower. Yeah, he's, it, it's uh, Josh Trank is a Super Scroll. Now we know. <laughs> so like, I feel bad for that guy. I, I do too. I feel bad for everyone in that movie. Like you. Watch it like at your leisure. You'll realize that that movie's not the worst thing ever. But you see that it's like it was like that. You had hopes for it, and then it just kind of just didn't cross the finish yeah. line. Like, and yeah. So, anyway. so scrolls look forward to that. And then uh, last bit of comic book superhero news, which is an, a kind of a cool local one. I guess this, you could this say, is actually a fun one. Is uh, Marvel's rebooting a lot of stuff um, uh, for you know after um, uh, Civil War's over. But one of the things they announced is they're going to bring bring back the Great Lakes Avengers, which uh, the Great Lakes Avengers was a C-list team back in the 80s, 90s uh, that spawned off of like the West Coast Avengers, yep. kind of like the fame. Because like, at the time, there was only one Avengers team, and then they started to branch out. And um, one of the, the teams that branched out were the Great Lakes Avengers, and they were all C-list people. And they actually got a cease and desist letter to stop calling themselves the Avengers from the Avengers <laughs> in the comics, which was kind of funny. Um, but they're stationed out of Detroit. I think they're going to have them stationed out of Detroit this time. I think they're stationed out of Missouri? Minnesota or something? Or no, 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 yeah, Minnesota. Yeah. Sorry. Last time. Uh, but they've got some weird members. There's Mr. Immortal, who basically is their leader, who's just an immortal. Um, you know, he can't die. Uh, he doesn't really have a healing factor, which is weird. He just can't die, and then he dies and then comes back to life. Um, and then Big Bertha, who is kind of like a blob character. She's just a big, fat lady. I'm guessing she's got super strength and stuff. Uh, you got the door. It was the human door? And, uh, the the, do- or doorman? Doorman. Doorman. <laughs> the human door. The human he door. He swings both ways. <laughs> Don't let him hit you on the way out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, Doorman's really weird. He's like a weird teleportation cloak. The squeak of justice. Cloak and dagger. Yeah. Like, you could pass through me into another room. I could teleport you anywhere, but it has to be the next room. Uh, and then who was uh, it? Flatman? Flatman. Flatman, yeah. yeah. So a weird, weird setup. I- I'd like to see this be kind of a quirky Avengers team. Uh, they, they Some of the promo art has them carrying around a um, cardboard cutout of Squirrel Girl, which I think she would be a perfect fit for... The Great Lakes Avengers, if they're going to be kind of like the the C team, uh, you know, not so much the joke, the butt of jokes, but just uh, the weird, quirky group. So, uh, two thoughts on that. One, when we were putting the show together over a year ago, we tried coming up with all these different names for the show. And we had like, I don't know, probably, we probably went through a hundred or so different names. Oh my God, and, the amount of names. And the one that we really liked was Great Lakes Avengers, but we knew we couldn't do it. Yeah. Because it's like, that is a Marvel thing, but that had been a lot of fun to have that. That would have been fun. We could have yeah. been in Great Lakes Avengers instead of Invasion of the Podcast. Yeah. Then we'd have been screwed if this would have came happened. around. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the other thing too, it's like, it, there was, um oh, there was a, another super team uh, 
somewhere along the lines called the losers that had like a lot of my favorite heroes like dark hawk sleepwalker these are all kind of like the cast-offs and they were all kind of picked because like um it was something some future event where all the major heroes got wiped out and these guys are still around so it's like all right i guess we got to form a team yeah i want to see some more i'm not oddball care me like flat man doorman that all sounds great but give me also a couple like just sneak in a couple like um the prowler or somebody else that's just like that's been there like there's probably some c-list heroes remember this the the slingers like the spider-man team that was inspired by spider-man no no see that's what i'm talking about yeah sneak some of them in there like i just want to see some of the more like um like oddball marvel characters that aren't necessarily quirky power types but just like lesser knowns i think i'll tell you what though guys um go out there and pick up some comics because it's a good time to start reading right now because Marvel's doing a decent job with Civil War 2. They're also kind of revamping a lot of stuff. Um, you know, you're about to get a new f- uh, female Iron Man. Um, you're, you've got DC doing Rebirth, which is working really well for them from what I've heard. I've read, what did I, I've read Flash, Green Lanterns, and Green Arrow. So in line with my uh, Your resolutions. Uh, resolutions, I have started reading some DC books. Right now, i got to say that Green Lanterns is probably the best one out of all of them because I haven't got my hands on the Batman one which I guess the Batman one disappeared before anybody could see it hmm. uh, I didn't put it like in my file I didn't tell them he is the night yeah <laughs> but I didn't I didn't preemptively be like hey get me that Batman I was just gonna come across it but the Green Lanterns one is, is actually pretty good uh, you've got uh, Hal Jordan's back and he's kind of like mentoring two new lanterns and it's interesting because you it, it, you've got a a reminiscent of like like a guy who reminds me a lot of Hermione from uh, Harry Potter. Okay. Because he's just like, by not by the book, but he's just like, he's so proud to be a lantern. And this other girl that's a green lantern, she's kind of like, just kind of like, eh, whatever. You know, <laughs> she, she's there to do it, but like, she's not by the book like he is. So it's a very good odd couple mix. Okay. But like, he's just like, like citing off this thing. He's like, no, you, he's like, where's your lantern? You have to, have you charged it? You have to charge it like this. And he's like, you don't even know what you're doing. You're not a green lantern. And, you know, he's giving her all this, uh, blowing all this smoke up her ass. And then like Hal Jordan shows up and he's like, neither of you guys know what you're talking about. So he fused their lanterns together somehow. So they're like, they're like forced to buddy cop it. So <laughs> I'm kind of excited to continue reading it. That's kind of fun. So, uh, so just random, random question here. Um, re- now that we're like, we're, we've moved past Cleveland sports season. I mean, there's baseball still going on, but right now there's the NBA free agency where everybody's losing their mind about people just like up and leaving for other teams. Yeah. I thought about this today. Like what if it's never going to happen, but like what if Marvel and DC had free agency? Mm. Who do you think of the DC universe would be like, you know, I know the money's good here, but I got to go where there's rings and just like go off to Marvel do you think do you think Batman would just say screw it I'm done like I know I've carried you guys I, but I, I need- could see Batman I no 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 I could see Batman pulling a LeBron James and only because they have not done anything with Batman's movies uh and if he went over to Marvel I feel like he would be he would definitely be well taken care of because the closest thing they have over there is like Daredevil yeah and Daredevil does not carry the weight Batman does no you know, so, but then again, like Marvel, like certain characters in Marvel. I was like, going to say, who do you think would leave for Marvel to I wander can, over to like, I can hey, see, I got to get out underneath the shadow of these guys. And plus they're offering me some good money over here. I could here. see Deadpool moving. Deadpool? Deadpool. Would no, totally, I don't know about I that. I could see Deadpool uh, wanting to do it just for fun. Okay. Just, just to so screw with everybody. Yeah. I could see him just totally being allured so, by Harley Quinn and so you, DC being. So you could have a Deadpool uh, like Deathstroke yeah. comic. A Deadpool Deathstroke Which comic, would just screw with all the Slade colorblind people out Wade, there. And then Slade and Wade. Slade that's, and that's, Wade. That's a book right there. Wilson and Wilson. 
attorneys at law. Deadpool no. constantly <laughs> feuding with Joker about Harley Quinn. Now, that that would totally happen. Okay, I can see that. You know, I'm trying to think who else they would have. Like, I can see him doing like a one year like deal and just be like, let's see how this goes, and just like cause havoc and come back. I was just trying. To, I mean, it's never going to happen, but I thought it'd just be funny. Like, if these guys are free agents. Like, where do you think they'd end up at? So yeah. I thought that was a. Uh... No one would end up in the Great Lakes Avengers, though. No, <laughs> I feel like we'd probably grab some. Power Girl or Supergirl character, though I think I think I think that's so saturated over there. In the century, would just the wander super, over. We would get some super. We wouldn't get Superman, but but Marvel would get um, like one of the Kryptonians or the Super People. Yeah, that, yeah, I, I could see that. He's yeah. like, we're we're done with that that uh, schoolboy Clark. We got to have our own thing. So, well, because you have you have his you have his cousin, and then there's there's well, technically Supergirl and Power Girl are the same person. It's yeah. just one's from a different. Different universe. Different universe. Yeah. So so then we'd have to have a Flash come over, too, just because there's too many Flashes now. Or there was too many right. Flashes. Right. You could totally... Like, all we have is Quicksilver. Yeah. Like, how come we don't have a lot of Quicksilvers running around like they do Flashes? Like, <laughs> Quicksilver core, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I, I just... Anyways. There just, are. You know, now that I think about it, there's a lot. Like, Marvel's doing that, too, though, now. Yeah. There's a lot of, like... There's, like, eight different Bat people. There's, like, eight different Flashes. Yeah. How many people have a Green Lantern ring? I do. And there, there's I like do. there's like seven million uh, spider females. Yeah. Now, now there's right. like yeah, everybody's got spider powers. Yeah. Just like um, I we might, have blonde I, Asian or we have blonde <laughs> Spider Girl. We have Asian Spider Girl. Yeah. I so I guess Marvel's succumbing. They're kind of succumbing to, to, to it. Yeah. yeah. So, anyway. Slowly but surely, we need multiple Iron Mans, multiple Thors, multiple uh, Hawks. Yeah. That's you know I mean it, it makes sense. In a marketing way and also in a creative way, so you can have a it lot does. of fun. And DC did it first, yeah, which is good because it gives them more range with a lot of their characters and what stays relevant and is a hit. Yeah. So, so then, yeah, you could rotate out and be like, "Well, this one's not striking as well, so we'll just right. move on to the next guy." So, anyway, enough of that. Sorry. No, it's I. That, hey, that's what we do here. We tangent things. So, um, all right. So before we die of heat stroke, we'll just get to the main part. And now for our feature presentation. I will say I'm happy that like it like I'm glad the summer's here. I, I I hate the winter, but I am I am thankful that it took a little while to get to this like I'm sticking to my chair heat. You know, like that's we've dodged the bolt here a couple weeks in a row. Like, yeah, we so, have. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna try and bring a fan or something. <laughs> like I can't if this if it's like 90 degrees again at oh. like eight o'clock at night. I can't do this. Are you gonna get one of those little little fans with the spray bottle and just like probably you know, spray? yeah. It's, but it's going to make so much noise, though. Oh, like, you poor thing! I'm just going to sit here and the, just like, fan the, myself. You're going to hear. Could you talk like you're on a like you're on a porch in like a southern house with some iced tea with, with a with a mint julep and just yeah. like you know, oh, right? So um, I'll get this. I'll get the Civil War music going again. <laughs> yeah. I, I do declare. Uh, so. Uh, Overwatch is a game we've mentioned a few times here on the show because I love it. Uh, however, recently, as of this week, uh, Blizzard has released competitive play, like uh, like no, no competitive mode because the, the whole game's co- competition based. Yeah, it's a team based shooter with objectives so and all weird. that stuff. It's kind of weird to say that they've just released competitive mode. It's always been competitive, but they they've developed a tier ranking system so that you can actually look at your progress against other people and you can get rewards. Um, Competitive mode also stacks up for like e gaming and things like that. Yeah, because uh, there's tons of other games that use competitive mode to basically set the stage for people going into uh, professional gaming and things like that. Because like I can play um, certain games, uh, but if there's no no stats or ranking for it and it's just for fun, then there's no way to really see where you you match up. 
Well, okay, so I, I, this is putting the cart before the horse a little bit. Do you do you actively seek out to see your skill ranking versus others, or do you just play a game to have fun? I play uh, both. I play okay. a game to have fun, but I do look at where I rank. I don't look against other people, but I do take my rank seriously. Like I play, I play a lot of Blizzard games, as everybody knows. I play, I play Overwatch, um, and then I also play Heroes of the Storm competitively. And it's funny because like when you texted me today and you're like, let's talk about this. I'm like, all right, I don't know how how you know how much I can go into it. And also, I was like, I don't want to go into it too much because it's kind of an open wound. <laughs> but then that's <laughs> that's good to talk about because like that, that, seems, that seems kind of appropriate to what we're going to be talking about. It does, but like, and and it's funny that both games should be that. Um, and I can't think of any other game I've played played competitively. Like I played I played Call of Duty. I don't want to say competitively because Call of Duty always was a competitive setting and 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 they always kind of like ranked everybody so that you could kind of see where everything stood. Well, you also played Titanfall 2 for for a bit and Destiny had a PVP compo- component. I don't know if you ever did any of the PVP yeah. stuff. Um I've done PVP stuff in Destiny. Like Destiny's uh I want to say definitely Destiny's highly competitive um uh Trials of Osiris PVP was 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 probably up there because they always give you something for I don't want to say like the upper echelon PVPers but just those people who take that competitiveness really seriously um, like with the Trials of Osiris you would have teams of three and anytime you go into a competitive mode the biggest thing is like team functionality and I think this is where Overwatch and Heroes of the Storm fail competitively a little bit. Okay. Uh, and, and and it's oddly enough, I mean, these are huge com- team-based games. But like with Trials of Osiris, you would not go in there with just like a pickup group and expect to do good. Same thing with Overwatch, same thing with Heroes of the Storm. Uh, like you had to rely on your partners. And like every time I did Trials of Osiris, I knew the two other guys that I was running with. So it's like we kind of had, um, you know, an understanding of like w- what the other person knows how to do and their capabilities. So it's like I'm not in a group with somebody who's just like, I love using shotguns. That's all I'm going to use. <laughs> you know, it's like it, it turns into this is how we set we, we set it up in the beginning. You you go, you play a video game and have fun, okay? Like if, you, if you're going to play Overwatch and not be competitive, you can have a team of, of six bastions and just be like, everybody's a turret, everybody shoot everything. Yeah, you know, if you go into a competitive mode, you know you're in a group of five people where you need to start focusing on team composition, especially yeah. in these games where characters are different. You have team composition. Um, same thing with um, uh, the Trials of Osiris with Destiny. Uh, you know, everybody's pretty much the same weapons and play style, but you've got different classes who have different abilities, and you need to have the right ability for the thing. If you're going to play a warlock. You're not going to take a void bomb to throw giant uh, Hadoukens. You know, you're going to want to take something that's either a room sweeping ability with your lightning, or you're going to want to take something that you can self resurrect in case you get wiped and you need to pick everybody back up. So it's like it's that like that composition where you're just like I need to supplement what we need yeah. uh, for the team, not just so much to have fun, but to win. Yeah, to win. Yeah. And, and and that brings a good point. So with with um with Overwatch the competitive mode. What, what, so this is a Blizzard game, which I love Blizzard, and, uh, and coming up in August, uh, surprise, surprise, when, when World of Warcraft Legion you know becomes official, uh, I'm sure I'll talk about it there too, but uh, they, they're very keen on watching how uh, competitive modes work out. They want to keep a balance, keep it fun, 
However, right now, and I, and I didn't play the beta because I know they had like a competitive version like on the PC that people didn't really care for. Um, I, don't, I don't remember it. There, I, I, don't, I played yeah. it, but I don't remember it. There's a 10, play, uh, 10 game kind of like uh, trial basis that you got to finish. To you're qualifying where you, where games. You, where you yeah. rank. And they had to do that in Heroes of the Storm too. You had qualifying matches. And I got to say, like I've been playing Overwatch like crazy since it's released, and I love the game. I have never been so angry in my like in that game that uh-huh. I've been playing these competitive matches. Yeah, not because I mean, th- there's some I've won. Like I was six and four and finishing, and I got like a rank of like well, like fifty two or something, which right. is, I don't think is bad. I just think it's just kind of there. Like I mean, versus probably there's probably people out there. It's like yeah, Paul, I'm rank four hundred. Like okay, great. But um, what was making me mad was that if things started turning sideways. I knew this ultimately would affect me more as opposed to, you know what, let's just try to soak it up and get through and have as much fun and just kind of move on to the next one. And it feels like it, it, it's it's kind of inadvertently focusing on my own single performance as opposed to me thinking about the team and that's fracturing it for me and it's not as much fun. See, I will tell you this, with at least with Overwatch, and you're super lucky that it's that, that you know we're playing it on console, um, I have it on PC too, but I don't play it as much on PC. I wish I kind of did because I feel like I have more control. Um, but there's not as much communication, which is a good and a bad thing. It's a bad thing because you don't have people calling out things. So but, communication, as in, like, is there like an actual typing group chat? Yeah, and the PC version. Mm-hmm. Okay, people will type, and and usually you can type out something quick enough. You can't type something out on an Xbox. No. You can't do that, but you have your voice chat, which not everybody activates. I but after the first weekend, it's been turned off since. If it's any indication of how Heroes of the Storm is, it is such a toxic environment. And like I told you about, I actually played two competitive matches of Heroes before I came over here, and this guy was getting under my skin so bad. You know, we had a terrible team composition. Um, I and and you know, and it's interesting because like unlike Overwatch. Heroes of the Storm has a draft where you have, you know, five on one side, five on another side, and each team gets to see what team picks what, so you can counter, and you can also ban characters. So four four characters will get banned, meaning nobody can play that guy. Okay. So if you got somebody that's like a ridiculous powerhouse or somebody who has like a crazy area effect stun ability, just ban them, get them out of there. You don't have to worry about it. So, and then like if somebody picks one character that can't be picked again. So you get these team compositions and you have the team discussing what we need and what we can use. And then you just have people who are just like, oh yeah, I'm totally good with this guy. I'll play him even though it's not really a good idea. And you're like, okay, sure. That was one of those instances. And then this guy is just like berating everyone about like how bad they suck, about how terrible and retarded they are and should go kill yourself. And I'm just like, it's a game, bro. Like, yeah. let's just try to turn it around. And I cannot believe the amount of toxic people that you find in games like that. Yeah, and the thing that gets me too, and this, this is true of Overwatch. And so my my online gaming competitively that let me just say competitively, I mean going purposely into a player versus player environment is very limited because I you know <laughs> growing up I used to think I was really good at video games until I played around other people. I'm not that great at video games. Like I love playing them. I'm not that good at them. At time. I mean, I mean, I mean, I can play. I mean, clearly, I just, it took me four years to finish Mass Effect three by myself with no, <laughs> with no help. But, um, like for example, like World of Warcraft, I love that game. I feel like, even though I, I'm sure I plateaued at a certain point with the cooperative rating system they had there, I had much more fun and success with groups of like 
10 to 25 people fighting a boss, right? But then I'd go do the player versus player in the battlegrounds. And unless I was playing with someone like you or someone that I was in my guild, I could not stand it because it's like yeah. there it's like, cause these are people and they could purposely target you because they're better than you. And, and like, you know it. And it's like, you just sit there and just, and um, just wither away and either you can get better and match them, which in some instances, and I know Destiny's probably true with this too. And world of Warcraft, not so much overwatch. There is, certain specific items that are more for player versus player that you have to grind out or earn. Right, it does make a difference. So there comes a point where it's a yeah. entry level, you're going to get smushed and that's not much fun. Yeah. You know, so so my my world is very limited. Like um so I I played Destiny for a bit um and you guys could listen to my anger reactions to Destiny in earlier episodes. Uh, I I mainly focused on the PvE part of it because the PvP part like it was cool to have your super sometimes just to hit like do the big clear the room. But and clear off a flag, but then I'd just be turned around, just get shot in the head and be done. Like it was not like I I didn't have time to develop spatial awareness in that game. Yeah. I was always dying. So I didn't feel like it, I didn't feel like I was learning anything. See, I, I played quite a few years of like Call of Duty competitively with like a low clan. So that has kind of been woven into me and like when I go in to play other games I, I do get competitive and you know, like one of my buddies um who I went to MegaCon with uh, actually both of them. We play Heroes and, and Overwatch, but like um, with the competitive mode, you have to have a full team of five people that you know pre-made, or you can only do one or two people in a competitive setting. Oh wow! So I can't grab like three or four people and go do a competitive match. So you are at the mercy of being kind of like thrown into. Um, you know, randoms, people you don't know, people you, you don't trust, people that, you know, are going to pick a character where you're just like, no, no, that character is not for competitive. And no shaman. Yeah, no shaman. And you think like, like, like you think they make all of them to be relevant and they are because there are some people who are really good with certain characters and it totally shines and makes up for it i think overwatch is a little bit different because at least with overwatch you can take a group as many people as you want into it yeah and it doesn't matter what character you play unless as long as you have a good team composition there are specific characters that if somebody takes them in heroes of the storm while we're doing the draft it's like what the hell is the matter with you <laughs> why are you playing this character you know yeah so i mean um that makes sense it's just that i guess i mean i got frustrated playing the the you know the competitive play on overwatch the, the reason i enjoy this game a great deal is because i feel like the entry level for it is very low where you can still have fun and you get all the different characters, all the different abilities that each one of them has. I mean, like none of them have anything that's super overwhelmingly difficult to understand for the most part. There's a couple of characters a little bit more complex than others, but like ultimately you only have like four or five moves, maybe maximum for each character. So I feel like the entry level is very low. Yeah. And then and then you start building the the skill comes into understanding how everything works together and how some things complement each other, and then there's counters yeah. for everything. So I feel like my knowledge there. And that's where you're increasing exponentially as I'm playing. And that's where your play skill comes into it. Um, because ultimately it boils down to like the team functioning as a whole. You know, like if you've got um there's a character called Zara, she is able to put shields on people to make them invincible for like what, five, ten seconds? Something like that. And there's certain characters that like um like Reaper, who is a flat out damaging character. He's got two shotguns 
and he can jump into a group of people and just spin around in a, his death blossom and just kill everyone in a bubble. He's vulnerable when he does that. So if you hear him starting to do that, you could just pop him off, and that's how you end it. You're like, no more damage for you, buddy. You're yeah. dead. If a team is working and functioning properly, she'll pop that shield on him so they can't kill him while he's doing that. And then that's clutch. Same thing with like her protecting. You know, this is just an example of the one character protecting people from, you know, other things. You so, know, someone like, else's room ex- clear ability. Yeah, you know, room clear ability or, or explosions or or uh, C four or whatever. Or you know, you have somebody who can put up ice walls to to block off, cut routes off. I've used it to stop people's escape. You know, yeah. that's that's using your abilities smart to play the game smart rather than just kind of like, oh, I'm just gonna shoot this yeah so i mean that's that's a level of skill um team awareness and and functionality is important too because you will get a lot of people that will get tunnel vision and they're just going to hang back and snipe and not help anything with the objective and then that's when you fail well the part that that frustrates me with this competitive play and i feel like this is something i'm just going to get over myself but one i do feel like then i worry more about me even though i mean i want to play the game the best of my ability and there's just some games where you have these great kill streaks you're having a lot of fun and then there's some where it's like it feels like every time you turn around it's like you just get a headshot and you're done and it's like and that happens sometimes right um, but with these competitive matches, it feels like some of these players that that are really good that are working their way up the ladder, um, some of them seem to almost know, like like in a chess match, all right, we're at this point in the map now. I'm going to either get killed purposely or go back and grab a character that I know I want at this particular instance because I know it's a good choke point, and now I can just like yeah. annoy the piss out of people. And I was running into this a lot on these cargo escorts, which means you unlock like a like a truck that slowly moves along this path, and you got to get all the way to this destination. And it gives you these different choke points. And I feel like anytime you get to a corner, there's characters that can build these turrets that are very frustrating to deal with. And all of a sudden, you just run, turn a corner. There's four of them. It's like you're planning this on purpose. I know you are, but it feels like it's not cheating. That's not the right word I want to use. It just seems very unsportsmanlike that you automatically default to this is how we're going to win right now because this is a really difficult position to defend against in this one instance. It's not skill related. It is positional. I mean, you can't fault them because it works, but it just, it saps all the fun and the challenge out of it when you know you're running into a situation that your team can't, you can't even character change around it. It's yeah. just, it's there. No, there are a lot of like chokes and things like that in, in Overwatch where I just get frustrated because I've, I've gone into matches with uh, six Chorborns and it's like there's six guys with um, uh, molten guns, molten, core, yeah. molten guns, and then they put their turrets up and it's just like as soon as you kill one turret, the other three kill you. Yeah. And it's just like you, you can't progress any way with that. It's, it's very frustrating. Um, it's also frustrating to see how the up and down goes. And I don't understand why they did it this way because in the same level of Blizzard, Heroes of the Storm, if I need, if I get like two to 400 points a match or lose two to 400 points a match to have my, my, um, my ranking go up and down, that makes sense. You get what you lose. You get what you lose. For some odd reason, it is not that way with Overwatch. Yeah. If you lose a game, it is a massive hit. Yeah. Like, I have dropped way lower because, like, I've, I probably have only won, like, 30% of my competitive games. Yeah. And the other thing that's terrible that they do and they need to fix is if someone leaves a competitive match, they don't replace that person. I don't know if you've noticed that. I haven't noticed that. Pay attention because every once in a while it'll say, like, somebody's left and you can leave the game without penalty. 
And it's basically a waste of my time because those games go a lot longer than your normal not eight, yeah. seven, eight minute game. So you're in a competitive game and you're you're up like whatever three to two or two or you're down two to three. And then some guys just like screw this. I'm tired of this guy with his turret, blah blah blah, and he just leaves. That leaves a hole in your team, and then the other team just stomps you because you you know if you yeah. stayed in, you lose. So it's like I just wasted my time. Essentially, yeah. I didn't get penalized for it, but I just wasted my time. Yeah, you know? and, and, and I think Blizzard's gonna get smarter about that. They're 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 never they're never super quick to make an immediate change unless it's like a hot fix to something that's buggy. Yeah, but they want a lot of data and be like, okay, this is how we want to approach this. But I just I want more content in Overwatch because I love that game. I don't know how much competitive play I'm going to do unless I'm with friends because like otherwise I probably I feel will like, drop off of it because I'm starting to think that the rewards aren't that great. No, like it's just cosmetic. I mean, yeah. which Blizz, get credit to Blizzard, they always find a way to dangle that carrot without making you have to spend. Yeah. Like they they want you to have something to show everybody that you're better than somebody, but they don't want it to have a competitive edge. Yeah. And I think that's true across all their games. Um, I think at least with heroes, um, the drafting and the team building is a lot more interactive and fun because you can actually argue and talk about like who to take and who to use okay. and who they're going to use. And there's moves we've done where we're like, oh, ban this character. And then they'll be forced to take this. But if they don't take this, then we'll get this character, which will give, give that, us And that's advantage. cool. I mean, and it makes me wonder if maybe they'll start to incorporate that in Overwatch a little bit, like a vote system, so that way people can automatically dismiss Torbjorn and be that, like, you I know mean, what? That would, that would be ideal. Because like right now, like uh, Kael'thas is instant ban. The first ban of the game is Kael'thas. Yeah. Nobody will let anybody play Kael'thas. Is it because he's fabulous? It's probably because he's more fabulous than anyone in the entire game. <laughs> and they're just like, no, I can't deal with that guy. No, he, he is, he's, he's very, he has a lot of damage output and he has a stun, which okay. makes him even more dangerous. So. And um, that's the ba- that's the band police right now coming in. Be like, you guys talking about Kelthos? He's not yeah, allowed in. He's not allowed in. Yeah. Um, so yeah, maybe maybe like a vote system like that, or even like you're right. I think actually the idea of a draft, I think that'd be really interesting. Where it's the like, thing with the Overwatch is they want it to be situational to change. They yeah. want you to be able to switch out, which. I don't, out of habit from playing Heroes of the Storm, I usually stick with one character the whole game unless I really, really need one. And I won't go that cheap. I'll usually switch to Pharah if I'm, like, desperate <laughs> on defense because I will just launch rockets down yep. the hallway. Yeah, that's the, that's what... So, like, I, I know I just talked about how there's choke points and I get mad because people change certain points. If there's a certain match, like, if we're defending a payload, trying to keep the other team from getting to their objective, and it's, like, a minute to go, and I see that everything's kind of falling apart... I I jump into Junkrat and just start pelting yeah. like, like grenades and, and mines just to try to cause as much havoc as possible to keep them from pushing forward. Right. And I usually have a lot of success with that. So and I guess I'm just as guilty. I think that's that's more acceptable because that's going to be a little more skill-based than it is to just put a turret down and walk away from it. Yeah. Or to sit there and be a turret and fire in a straight line until somebody <laughs> walks in front of you. So, you think, should there be a button just to ban Bastion and Torbjorn from all the matches they're competitive? Those would be my top two bans. <laughs> so, I, but maybe I, like, May. May gets on my nerves now lately too. Um, I so Overwatch has gotten my attention because I also feel like this is the first game that's like that's competitive. That for some reason, because since it's team based, I get I'm much more comfortable with it because I can screw up, and and not that I'm saying that my screw up doesn't cost match because I've had that happen a couple of times too, but. I feel like it's like, okay, guys, I'm right back in. I'll be right back there for you guys. I feel like I'm much more excited for the group 
than I am myself. Like yeah. I have fun in it with myself, like as in my individual, like, you know, oh, I got a five kill streak or whatever, or, yeah. or probably like you, like a 30 kill streak or whatever it is that you strive for. Um, <laughs> I'm lucky to get double digits unless I have a turret. Uh, did I just admit that out loud? I probably just did. Um, it's, but I feel like it's way more exciting for me to, to see the, the group and be like, okay, we need this now and flipping to that character yeah. and having a lot of fun with it. When it's individual, like, like Destiny or whatever, even if it's team based, well, I just I well that's one of the I get frustrated and quit too. Like when we're doing the draft in Heroes, it's uh, you know, we'll talk in the group and it's like you know if something gets banned, or let's say, you know, like me and my buddy are playing and we're on we're on our headset and we're talking, uh, you know, uh, we'll like we'll be like at the last pick and I'll be like, well, we can adjust. We always, you know, like I'll adjust to whatever we need. Yeah, you know, like I may be like I really love playing Sylvanas. Or I really like playing the butcher, but like if we have no healer or no tank, which you kind of need, just like an MMO style, then yeah. I will adjust and I will play whatever we need. And all those people that play Overwatch and they spam, we need a healer. Guess what? You should be that healer then. How about that? Yeah, I don't understand that. If you want it so bad, then be you it. just have it. Yeah, I like playing Mercy a lot actually. Mercy, she can be a lot of fun and be very annoying. Um, Did you play the the brawl, the Super Brawl last week? Where it was just Mercy and Pharaoh. No. It was messed up <laughs> because nobody was ever on the ground. So Splash Rockets damped me crap. Oh, that's funny. Yeah, it was just like she would like, like you know, Pharaoh would fly up and then Mercy would fly up and it would just be like a dog fight in the air. That's like, kind of with, cool. With them, with, you know, getting healed the whole time. It was oh, just like, see, I didn't I didn't dig into that. No, it was, I think uh, this week it's all support characters. Yeah, so that could be fun. Like some of that stuff's kind of cool how they do that too. Yeah. So, so um, so yeah, like I, but I also feel like too that I can be, I, I can have offensive put out uh, or output, not put out, uh, and I feel like I could be actually competitive at t- not competitive as in look at me, look at me. It's more like if I'm if depending upon situation, I can grab a character and be like, I can make a difference here. Yeah, and I don't get that feeling with many of those other than in like World of Warcraft, but then that's different because these are characters that you level to 100 or 110. So you have to put a lot of time into getting to that point and you just can't automatically switch to a different character unless you have that leveled, you know, with like with Overwatch, I feel like at least it's like I can, I can see what's going on and try to course correct and feel like I can have an impact and I can actually kill people in this game. I can't kill anybody in the other shooters I play. Yeah. I suck at shooters, I guess. Yeah. Only other game I ever get competitive is Rocket League, and I don't know what it is about that game, but it really makes me Rocket League frustrates me just as much. Yeah, but I I, I, I know, but I love it. Like uh, that's another one too, where it's like something about it where it's like just because there is that random chance, it still keeps you like it feels like the playing field is a little level sometimes, so to speak, for a game about car soccer. But anyway, uh, enough about that. Uh, if you guys have any thoughts about uh, competitive play, if you like, don't like it. Uh, if you're just saying we're a bunch of noobs, that's fine too. Uh, please let us know on our Facebook page. That's Invasion of the Podcast. Uh, we're on Twitter at Invading Podcast, and our Gmail address is uh, invadingpodcastgmail.com. Um, we do have we have a, we have a letter letterish. We'll we'll share it in a moment here uh. at the end um, in reaction to to last week's episode. Uh, I think it's, it's going to be a lot of fun. But um, so let's just go ahead. We'll get to we'll get to the game that Joe doesn't know about. Time to play the game. All right, so Pokemon Go just came out. I figured that's what this was about. And I really, I really don't care, but a lot of people like it. Like, people are excited for it. I never played Pokemon. I never played Pokemon either, but I did play Ingress, which is essentially Pokemon Go. Oh, Um, I'm... 
but I, I haven't played Pokemon Go, so I could be wrong. But it's the same framework. So Google, Google, a company Google had called Intech Labs. They put out a game called Ingress, which was on a lot of mobile phones. Okay. Um, basically, what this game did was it overlaid of Google Maps, and you had two teams. You had a green team and a blue team. And there were certain focal points on the map, which were like real destinations. I think there were certain rules. It had to be like a landmark. Um, it had to be uh, like certain small businesses. Um, I don't think like like uh, franchise places counted. But there were certain things. And originally it was user submitted. So like I'm, I'm trying to think of some that were in uh, Cleveland and Lakewood here. Uh, like a lot of the guitars downtown, the hard rock okay. guitars, those would be focal points. So what you would do is, depending on what team you were on, is you would go to these focal points and you would uh, lay down these things that would say, "This our team controls this now. And okay. then you would put defenses around it to shield it. Yeah. You then would link them to other points. And the only way to link them is you would have to go to those points. You physically had to travel to play this game. So like for like a year or so, one of me and one of my coworkers literally sometimes would he call me up? He's like, "Hey, do you want to go ingress?" I'm like, "Sure." He, <laughs> he would come pick me up. We would go drive all around from like Westlake to like Cleveland and just be like, "Okay, well, there's some stuff down here." And you would go, and if it was the opposing team on your phone, you'd go to the little thing and you'd fire off these little attacks on the map, and it would break down their stuff. And did you guys wear matching shirts while doing it and just no. be like, "Go team blue," <laughs> yeah. like? But it was crazy. Oh, there's some green guys. Got to fight them. Like, it was crazy. And I remember, like, on my commute to work, I'd go down 117th, and there were, like, uh, just just by driving, like, when I'd hit a light, I think, like, uh, Spitfire Saloon was a spot. Okay. And I remember at that light, I would always, like, because you could, if, if your team controls it, you can, like, siphon inventory from it and get, like, more attack and more okay. defense things. So I'd always be filling up on the way to work and back. <laughs> so that's how I get all my stuff. And then, like, we'd go out later. But he showed me this, too. He showed me, he's like, did you see this Pokemon Go game? I'm like, what is it? He's like, it was like Ingress. I'm like, oh, yeah. So. Yeah, so I mean, I guess Pokemon in the real world. I've seen some screenshots already that have cracked me up. Like um, one of the guys from uh, Cyanide Happiness posted a photo of outside airplane wing, and you saw uh, a Pokemon on the wing, and they're like, "Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit! Oh shit!" So I thought that was <laughs> kind of funny. Uh, so I've seen I've seen a couple that are kind of funny. Like I know Mary's been playing it. Um, I don't. I just I'm not a, a pet battle kind of thing. I tried playing. I tried playing that Pocket Mortys. It was okay, not great. Yeah, I couldn't um, get into Pocket Mortys either. World of Warcraft's had a pet battle system for like three years now. Don't really care. Like the pets are fun. I just don't like playing the pet battles. But there's people that go nuts for it though. Yeah. Um, and it's thinly veiled Pokemon. Like you travel the whole world of Azeroth and collecting these animals and everything. You face other trainers and whatever. So, um, but the reason I'm bringing this up because I thought this would be a fun fun game. I'm gonna ask Joe if it's Pokemon or a. I know Chipokemon. It's oh, better yeah. than Pokemon. Oh, no. Actually. This might be not a great game then. Okay. So um, so I'll just ask you if it's Chipokemon or, or, or Pokemon. Okay. Um, we'll start off with um, uh, Caterpie. That's a Pokemon. Oh, you're right. Um, Roid Rat. That's a Chipokemon. Okay. Um, Oddfish. That is a Pokemon. Correct. Um I feel like if I keep altering back and forth, you're gonna figure this out. So I gotta like, let's see. Oh, but I just gave it the game now too. Uh, Beedrill. That's a Pokemon. No, that's Pokemon. Ha <laughs> ha. Ah, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Um, execute. Uh, Pokemon. Pokemon. Ah. Uh, yeah. Side note: When you go to look up Pokemon, there's like 30 of them. You look up Pokemon. 
it never stops. Like I loaded the Wikipedia page for Pokemon and I was like, let me find all these different. And it's like, I felt like I stared into infinity. Like it was so. I feel like they know. need to make more for the new South Park game. Right. They should. Yeah. I, I bet you they will. Um, that was the fun part. Like going to collect all those. Cause that guy would always go. Chipokemon. Vaporon. What is it? Vaporon. Pokemon? That's Pokemon. I feel like now that should be the some of the vapes. Yeah. And you're like, yeah. That's why I thought um, it was a Pokemon. Uh Mr. Mime. That's a Pokemon. That's a Pokemon. Wow, I'm yeah. doing really yeah. bad here. I'm like trying to eliminate him. A counterfish. A what? A counterfish. A Pokemon? Chim Pokemon. Really? One time. <laughs> God damn it. <sighs> Cosmo Newt. Pokemon? Chim Pokemon. See, some of these are just like, oh, it's kind of They're funny, like, but yeah. yeah. Well, I knew like Roid Rat was like, that's. Yeah. All right. How about this one? Stegmata. That's a Pokemon. That's Chim Pokemon. Really? Yeah. yeah. Uh, Jigglypuff. No, that's a Pokemon. Okay. Well, yeah, yeah okay. That's an easy one. Um, Chikorita. Pokemon? That's Pokemon. Lamtron. Chim Pokemon. Yeah. <laughs> Vamporco. Chim Pokemon. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Persian. Pokemon? Yes. It's a weird name. It better be a cat. It, it, I, well, I don't even know what this is. Well, you have like, there's a weird name like Mew. Like Mew's a Pokemon. I know, but Persian. Like, that's an actual, like, you know, that's like that's how, that's a person. Like, yeah. you know, someone could be, well, maybe maybe not anymore. Maybe that's racist. I apologize Maybe, maybe it's a generous yeah. god. Yeah. <laughs> um, furret. Got some furrets on the lawn. Pokemon. It's Pokemon. Knocked Owl. Uh, Chim Pokemon? No, that's a Pokemon. Gerbatoad. Uh, <laughs> Gerbatoad sounds like Chim Pokemon. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't tell, but I had to laugh. Uh, Beetlebot. Beetlebot. Beetlebot's a Pokemon? That's a Chim Pokemon. Ugh. Shoe. Shoe's a Pokemon. That's a Chim Pokemon. Really? It's an actual shoe. That, oh. Do you remember that? Did no. you find it? it was uh-uh. the, and, and the stick of truth, it's like when you're climbing the treehouse for the big last fight, it's like you go along and it's like, I, I found it and I, I was like... It was at a point where the game was so entertaining, but I just started losing it when I, found, when I picked up a shoe as one of the Chim Pokemon. That's funny. Um, Bebersaurus. That that is that a Chim Pokemon? <laughs> it is. Okay, yeah. I was gonna say. Uh, Fat Dactyl. Chim Pokemon. Yes. Um, it's Cartman's. Yeah, probably. Uh, uh, let's see what else we got here. Smoochum. Pokemon? Yeah. Nosepass. Chim Pokemon. No, that's a Pokemon. Nosepass? I don't know what it is. Spiro. Chim Pokemon? Pokemon. Yeah. Uh, Butterfree. Pokemon. Yes. Butters Free. That's not really one I made up. I made that one up. NyQuil. That's another one I made up. I don't know if you feel like that. Okay. Um, let's see here. We got a couple more. We'll do a couple of these. Uh, Gophermon. Goph? Uh... Pokemon? Chim Pokemon. Hmm. Um, let's see. Uh, Ratatata. Chim Pokemon. A Pokemon. Wow. Psyduck. Pokemon? Yes. See, after a while, they all kind of blend together, don't they? They, they kinda, do. Yeah. Uh, there's some that are kind of obvious. But... Yeah, like um, Donkeytron. That's got to be Chim Pokemon. Yeah, it is. Um, Velociraptor. Pokemon? Chim Pokemon. <laughs> Velociraptor. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Furry cat. Chim Pokemon. Yes. 
All right. Let's see. Uh, let's we'll do two more here. Um, you know what's terrible is probably listeners that are hardcore Pokemon. Just like, like ah, you know, yeah. you don't know these. Yeah. Didn't grow um, up with Pokemon. Sorry. Uh, Snubble. Uh, Pokemon? Yes. That just feels like like a bull that just is like, you yeah, know, we're good. No. Yeah, no. No, I don't care about that no. red cape. All right. It's kind of ugly. Then, yeah. I got a better one. Poodlesaurus Rex. Chim Pokemon. Yeah. And then uh, one last one here, just because I like the name of it. Terror Bovine. Uh, Pokemon. That's Chim Pokemon. Oof. <laughs> Oh, and then another one, another good one's Gunrilla. That's also a Trim Pokemon. I'm sure if I was like part of that generation, I would have been all over Pokemon because that definitely seems like it would have been a grab for me. Yeah. I just, I don't know. It felt like that was a little past my time. Like that and the Power Rangers seems like those are the big things people were all about. I kind of like, I watched Power Rangers a little bit. Did you, have you seen any of the new Voltron that's on Netflix? No, not yet. It's not bad. That's what I heard. Like I, I, I've only, the first episode, I was like, I'll watch the first one. First episode's like an hour long, so I didn't get through it, but it's like, it feels like a love letter to like Japanese animation, but it's like updated. And it's just some of the, the actors' performances are so over the top, but in a good way. And I haven't even gotten to the robots yet. Like I, I dig it. So, uh, yeah. yeah. Anyway. Uh, we're we're almost dead here, so we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up. I'm sure next week will be our Ghostbusters spectacular. I don't know if it's gonna be a whole episode dedicated to Ghostbusters, but probably will be. Probably will be. Yeah. Uh, so if you have any ghosts, save them till then. Oh, and actually, we'll, we'll the letter real quick. We just want to go over the letter that we got from uh from uh, Mr. Steve King of uh the Saturday Night Slasher. Do you still have that? Uh, I thought I gave it back to you. Uh, you. You did actually. I'm sorry. So we're just gonna read some. He. Because I challenged him to watch uh, Christian Mingle Which, as well. Which, if you're a listener, we challenge the listeners now. You should probably watch this movie. <laughs> I won't watch it. Joe, Joe should watch it. I'm not going to watch yeah. it. Um, so I highlighted some uh, some choice uh, commentary from Steve about Christian Mingle. So I want to share that, and then we'll wrap it up here. So, oh, you just want me to read the highlighted ones? Yeah, I mean, you don't have to read the whole thing. And also, Steve, uh, Joe's really jealous of Steve because he's about to take his two weeks to go to, to England yeah. for the Star Wars celebration and meet Han Solo. Just think about it, though. Think about it. You have to meet Stan Lee and Weird Al, and he gets to meet Han Solo. I think that's pretty fair, right? Yeah, it's kind of fair. <laughs> like, you, you would trade those for Mark but, Hamill, though, wouldn't you? Well, Both uh, of those? No, I wouldn't. Yeah. No. I know Steve would. I know Steve's really yeah. dying to meet Mark, Mark Hamill. But, like... Well, but, you've already met Han, Batman. You got to meet the Joker, right? But Han Solo, though, that's going to be a tough. Like Harrison Ford's not going to be around. Not, and I don't mean is he going to be there at the celebration? I don't think he's going to die. He doesn't do stuff like this. No. He doesn't care. No. So to like get that would be amazing. Yeah. Um. All right. So this is what's what, uh, this is some of the fun things Steve had to say about Christian Mingle, the movie, which I feel like we should kind of plug Christian Mingle the movie somewhere <laughs> just so they could see us talking about it so much. Like I, I like it to be like. Uh, it's a movie. It's a movie. Invasion of the podcast. He says the only way this could have been worse was if it was Adult Friend Finder the movie, which I don't know how that would have been worse. I would I would have watched that. I would have watched it. Uh, and it and it. I'm pretty sure there's a lot of movies online that are a lot like Adult Friend Finder the movie though. Yeah, a lot of five minute movies. And if, uh, yeah, the movie would have been five minutes. <laughs> long. Like... Um, an interesting side note here. Uh, he says is that Netflix seems to think I would like this movie enough to merit a three-star rating recommendation in his queue. So um, <laughs> he says because of that, he's seriously questioning every choice he's ever made in his life. That's funny. I, yeah, um, the, the the recommendations from Netflix are always confusing yeah. to me. So the fact that like now that I've watched that, though, it's going to start recommending a lot of weird things to me as well. Um, Yeah, like like I don't know what that algorithm was. It's all jacked up. I don't know. 
Uh, and then he he asks too, does does Lacey Chabert have a disease in which she doesn't age? <laughs> because she does perpetually look like she's twelve from Party of Five. And then he had a good point there about uh about why what's what's with every girl. Uh, in a rom-com riding a bike right or working at some type of publishing yeah. company slash uh what does she work for you said she was well, like a, uh, a fashion magazine no advertising advertising firm. yeah yeah uh, but like uh, i think steve said that uh reason she had to ride a bike everywhere is because she's too young to have a license or something <laughs> <laughs> so he had much more insight into this movie than i did but and then had, this yeah. is probably my favorite part this is the last part as the movie ends the two leads finally get together and it all it took was of her to completely change who she was to land a man. He didn't have to do anything. Seriously, he did nothing. So the message he says was clear. Uh, ask God for a man, and you'll have to, all you'll have to do to go after that is to completely change who you are and your entire belief system. There you go. And that yeah. was uh, Steve wrote a lot more. It was a lot. It was really entertaining. But we thank you, thank you, thank you for for taking that challenge, Steve, and and, and writing in and and giving us your insight. That movie that was that tickled me. I don't know how many rom coms do that, but that is true. Like a lot Pretty of much. times, and if it, the main character in the rom com is the woman, she's she's really has to go through and struggle to become a different person. Yeah, and it's like, why do you have to change who you are? And then the other person you're with doesn't do anything. Which I mean, not to go off this tangent, but I. I've been so bad about watching like a lot of current movies recently. I sit down and watch Trainwreck finally. Uh, it's been out for a year, but I watched it. And and I feel like, and, and Joe had a point when I texted him about it, he's like, it feels like the reverse of the rom-com where, you know, Amy Schumer was the one that had these problems and the guy was kind of like this, like he, he was always there for her. But I feel like they both had to change in that movie to get together. So I feel like that's a little bit more organic, even though like, but anyway, that has nothing to do with Christian Mingle and uh, Trainwreck's a lot funnier. And it has LeBron James and one of the funniest things I've ever seen in yeah, my life. Yeah, I, I, that's one thing about tra- Trainwreck was, it's like, Amy Schumer was the guy, essentially. Pretty much. The guy yeah. character. And then, like, it was just kind of flipped because, like, it's always, um, it's always the guy who messes it up in the, uh, in the rom-coms. And then the, then he's got to, like, atone and then they get back together, but... You know, I don't remember what she did. Well, I mean, but basically, though, uh, uh, Bill Hader's character, even though he, uh, you know, eventually get to the point of like, I have to either you know, call this off or whatever. He was so stable the entire time, which unnerved her pretty much. I was like, yeah. it's like you can't be loving me because I'm a screw up. And he's like, no, 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 that's that's like that's not the reason why I'm with you. You know, and like, and she just didn't want to believe it, yeah. and that felt more real than. I mean, I don't know why I'm comparing Trainwreck to Christian Mingle. One, one's, one's a really funny comedy. The other one's Christian Mingle. So anyway, um, but yeah, thank you, Steve, with the Science Slasher uh, for that. And also, um, you know, may the force be with you while you're over in England. And, yes. and take a bunch of pictures. Put them on our wall. Tag Joe in them. So that way yeah, you can so see all this stuff. <laughs> just not Joe. Yeah. Like, yeah. That's not me. That's not me. He, he should have a cardboard stand-up of you and just drag it around and be like, look at all the fun you're not having. And I'd be like, that's amazing. You know, yeah, um, anyway. Yeah. So, <laughs> so uh, yeah, that'll do it for us this week. Um, yeah, have a safe week. Uh, next week, Ghostbusters. Um, yeah, I think that will do it. Uh, just please, 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 if you guys have not had a chance, uh, go to iTunes and Stitcher and give us five-star reviews because that will help populate and, uh, and people will see us more randomly. You know, that would be great. And then, you know, like... You, and tell two friends. And tell two friends, yeah. And eventually, then when we start selling shares in the company, you guys can, you know, have, yep. have some ownership. I don't know when that will happen, though. So, all right. Uh, until next time, um, have a good week. <laughs>